Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Elemental Evan Show. Today is a Wellness Wednesday episode, which means it is going to be a full-length episode. Uh, these are typically a little bit longer than the Monday episodes, which are more of a mini-episode. Uh, but today, I have a topic that... Uh, came to me just a few weeks ago. Actually, I heard this saying of being overfed but undernourished uh, on actually, I think it might've been another podcast. Uh, They didn't really dive into it, they just mentioned it. And I was thinking to myself, This is an incredible topic that needs to be discussed because it's so, so true. Uh, So nonetheless, uh, I did a deep dive on how we are truly overfed but undernourished, meaning we are intaking way more calories uh, than we were back in the day, and yet we are sicker than ever. So obviously we are undernourished, and the information I found was really, really incredible, and I'm excited to share it with all of you. But before I jump into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and kind of reflect on the meaning of this episode, or not just this episode, this whole podcast. And uh, the reason I named this podcast The Elemental Evan Show or The Elemental Evan Podcast is simply because I truly believe that we can live a healthy modern life as long as we're staying connected to our elements. So, uh, you know, there's five different elements that I use, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And through these five elements, I truly believe that you can live a very, very healthy lifestyle, live a very long time, um, live without pain, and just be your best self, live to your highest version, but still enjoy, you know, the fruits of this world and uh, the modern world, you know, but obviously just in moderation. So anyways, I wanted to give a little space special to all of you for just being a listener to this show. I might post about this on social media, not really sure yet, but uh, definitely going to obviously mention it on here and make ju- and I might just keep it just to uh, the podcast listenership. So uh, what the deal is, is I have a elemental uh, seven day health reset that I created a while back. Uh, it's an incredible program. It's all about reconnecting to the elements. Uh, each day you're connecting to a different element. Obviously, uh, day six and seven, you're going to be connecting uh, to all the elements and putting them into practice. But it's a really amazing practice and uh, reset to really get you back on track to feeling like yourself, feeling back in tune with um, not only yourself, but also with nature and the elements and to improve your sleep, improve your health, improve the way you feel. Um, A lot of the testimonials come out in kind of saying those three things. They really improve their sleep. Uh, They've improved the way they feel like their gut and everything. Their digestion is better. They have more energy and they just have an overall feeling of wellness and, um, you know, connection with their community and all these different things that we're really lacking today. But, uh, like I said, you can really return to a natural state of health through connecting to the elements. So if you're interested in hopping on the elemental seven day health reset, which I highly recommend, I really enjoy the program. I actually have gone through it myself a couple times already. Uh, it's a nice reminder for myself to just reconnect with my elements. Um, I wanted to give you guys a special offer here just for being listeners, and I'm only going to give five of these away because <laughs> uh, these are still valuable items, but um, I'm really appreciative of your guys' listenership. And so essentially what I want to do is I also have a beginner's breathwork course. So it's an introduction to pranayama and breathwork, and which, by the way, pranayama and breathwork are the same thing. Pranayama is just the, san- the Sanskrit term for it. Um, and yeah, so there's five different breathworks that I teach in there. There's a morning breath 
breath work, a nighttime breath work, a stress relieving breath work, um, a, a preparatory breath work for just cleansing the lungs. Uh, it's a really, really awesome program. And so for being a listener, I wanted to provide you guys with Obviously, if you purchase the seven day reset, I wanted to throw in the breath work course for free as well. So if you're interested in that, which uh, I hope you are, it's really beneficial for the health. Um, breath is incredible. And then the seven day reset is just a great way to get back on track. Um, it's a really great deal here. And uh, like I said, I'll go ahead and throw in the breath work for free to five of you. Uh, if you are interested in this, then go ahead and message me either through Instagram or uh, uh, through email and just go ahead and use the word seven day reset. And then if it's an email or whatever, you can explain more. Um, but if you just say that term, then I'll know what you're talking about. And if you're one of the first five to message me that term, then I will go ahead and shoot you a uh, coupon to use to get the breath work course for free. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy. Sorry to give you a little bit of a spiel here, but I just really wanted to reconnect to the uh, deeper meaning of this podcast, which is really connecting to the elements here and uh, just being the best version of ourselves possible, living a healthy modern life. And so to do so, um, we need to connect to our elements and breath is a huge part of you know, doing so. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, like I said, go ahead and message me seven day reset and I will shoot you over the coupon that you can use on the breathwork course for free. So, all right, now let's get into today's episode, which I'm super excited about because the information I came across was actually pretty surprising to me. Every time I do these episodes and I, you know, do hours of research on each topic, I always find something that's really, really interesting. And a lot of the times it's stuff that I had no idea about myself personally. So it is a true learning experience for me as well. And I get to provide this knowledge to all of you in the most digestible form that I can put it in so that you can just take it in a quick, you know, quick episode and apply these, you know, ideas and health practices into your life right away. So today's episode, like I said, it's all about being overfed, but undernourished. So this is so, so important today. I think we, you know, we don't really pay much mind to this. Um, we know that we're not doing so well as a nation in terms of health, but we don't really look at it in terms of the fact that, you know, we are eating more, but we're getting less out of that food. So um, the way this is possible, um, I used uh, the research found through Pew Research Center, that's Pew, P-E-W, um, and they found that in uh, a comparison of the 1970s food trends compared to 2010 food trends, they found that in just that 40 year gap from 1970 to 2010, the average American consumed about 23% more calories at 2,481 calories, okay, so almost 2,500, as compared to 2,025 calories in 1970, which is you know roughly a little bit less than 500 calories, right? So in just 40 years, we increase our consumption here in the US by, you know, roughly uh, 500 calories, right? A little bit less. So if you look at that, you would think, okay, obviously we're eating more, so we should be more nourished from it, right? But that's not exactly the takeaway that we found here. Also, a quick note, 
in the research I was doing, I found varying numbers in terms of how much like how many calories we're consuming now compared to back in the day. Um, I felt that this was one of the better research studies that I could find online. So if you go and look, you'll find varying numbers, although they all pretty much show the same thing that we have increased our calorie intake. Um, the only thing that I don't agree with is I actually think we consume more calories than what is being stated here. And I'll kind of explain why as the episode goes on. But nonetheless, I just kind of wanted to make that point uh, just in case any of you are, you know, doing your own research, which I highly recommend. Um, but, you know, that way, in case you're fact checking me, which absolutely do so, I just wanted you to understand that, you know, this is the link that I was using, which I'll have in the show notes, by the way, for the Pew Research Center. Um, but if you do look online, don't be confused if you're like, wait, hold on, there's all these other numbers. But anyways, getting into the episode. So, uh, like I said, if we're consuming more calories, then how is it that we're undernourished? Well, as with most most things in life and definitely in health, there really isn't just, you know, a one straightforward answer. There's kind of multiple components to it. Um, so we're going to have to kind of unpack a few different things. So for one, we need to look at the types of food that we're eating that make up a majority of our consumed foods. So referring back to the Pew Research Center's uh, findings, uh, I found that nearly half of the calories came from just two food groups. It was flours and grains, which made up 23.4% of the calories, and from fats and oils, which made up 23.2% of the calories. So two food groups making up what about you know a little over 46 percent of our food of our calorie intake then you combine that with the fact that we have been consuming here in the u.s roughly 77.3 pounds of sugar okay and that's sugar like um you know sugar corn syrup those are the main two like high fructose corn syrup those are the two that we mainly consume this is not including artificial sweeteners like aspartame uh so we're just talking about basically sugar here 77.3 pounds, okay? I, I think this is actually really hard for people to understand because you hear this number and you're like, okay, uh, yeah, sounds like a lot. But if you actually go online and, you know, type in Dr. Google, hey, you know, uh, what, what does a 50-pound bag of sugar look like? You can go ahead and find that they are these massive bags, like almost like a bag of concrete, actually even larger than a bag of concrete. And that's just a 50 pound bag. So we're consuming more than that. You could even think of it in terms of if you had a wheelbarrow, it would be pretty much like filling that wheelbarrow, depending on how deep it is, about two thirds to maybe even full. That's how much sugar <laughs> we are eating every single year here in the US. So uh, obviously, we have an issue with sugar and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, you know, kind of wondering like, how does all this sugar get into my diet if, you know, I'm not going and just dipping a spoon into sugar and eating it like that, um, which if you are doing that, please don't do that. <laughs> um, but sugar is very elusive. Sugar is obviously very addictive and it's very easy to slip into our foods, which is being done. So just to give you an idea of how much sugar is in a few common uh, beverages, you have in just a 12 ounce can of Coke, 39 grams of sugar. Okay, in just a 12 ounce can of Coke 
already right there. That's over nine teaspoons of sugar, which by the way, if you broke 77.3 pounds down into teaspoons, it's about, I think it was 22 teaspoons a day. So already over nine teaspoons from just one can of Coke. Now, if you take a 16 ounce mocha frappuccino, get that mocha frapp from Starbucks, that has 51 grams of sugar in it. Okay, so a massive, massive amount of sugar in just a 16 ounce drink, okay? I don't know about you, but I can crush 16 ounces of fluid with no problem at all. Uh, not necessarily that I'm drinking these frappuccinos, but still, I could drink 16 ounces, no problem. Uh, if you're saying to yourself, hey, I also don't drink, you know, these frappuccinos or these uh, sodas, well, awesome, that's great for you. But we also have to take a look at things like fruit juices, where we tend to think these are a little bit healthier. Turns out that in a 12 ounce glass of orange juice, you have 36 grams of sugar. That is almost the same amount as a can of Coke. So, you know, even on the things that we are thinking are healthier, they're really not. And the reason fruit juice is, I mean, I hate bashing it because it's coming from fruit, like it's more of a whole food, but at the same time, you're really just extracting all of the sugar out of the fruit and you're taking away all the pulp and the different enzymes that are going to really help to digest that sugar. So you're really just extracting the sweetness and you know, in a glass of orange juice, it's not just one orange, it's multiple oranges, it's eight or 10 oranges in just one glass. Whereas if you were to eat oranges, it would be extremely difficult to eat eight to 10 oranges in a sitting, right? Like typically maybe you eat two or three maximum, um, but not like eight or 10. So uh, yeah, you're really just getting the sugar portion of this. now. To give you a little bit of a breakdown of this sugar, because I know when, once again, putting sugar in terms of grams is kind of difficult to really comprehend, um, at least it was for me, uh, in terms of, okay, really, how much is that? Well, I figured it'd be a good idea to kind of break this down into calories, because obviously more people count calories and it kind of uh, holds more value. So, and also we're talking about being overfed and undernourished. So in terms of, you know, calorie intake here, um, just one gram of sugar has four calories in it. Okay. So just one gram of sugar has four calories in a gram of high fructose corn syrup, which is, um, one of the more common sweeteners as well. You have 19 grams of sugar in just, or sorry, about four calories of sugar in just one gram of high fructose corn syrup. So if you were to take that 12 ounce can of Coke, you know, Coca-Cola, uh, you would have about 150 calories in just that 12 ounce can of Coca-Cola. Um, and you know, for the, uh, for the orange juice, it's going to be, you know, pretty close to probably about 150 calories as well. So still a ton of calories in just a tiny little drink. Like I said, the 12 ounces, you can crush that really, really quickly. Uh, and then if you go on to the Frappuccino, <laughs> and this is just a 16 ounce Frappuccino, okay? There are way worse drinks at um, Starbucks and other places that, like this. But still, you would have 204 calories just in that mocha frappuccino. So obviously you can see that we are getting a majority of our calories from just pretty much three food groups, right? Also, quick note, if you ever look on the back of a can of Coca-Cola, which by the way, I looked on the back and I saw that it was uh, corn syrup, at least here in the US. I know in like Mexico and a few other countries, they still use sugar, um, cane sugar. But uh, in terms of here in the US, I saw that it was high fructose corn syrup. So we're on the higher end of, you know, 150 or more calories per can. Okay, 
moving on. <laughs> so as I said earlier, we have three main food groups that are giving us a majority of our calories. So that is once again, the flours and grains, fats and oils and sugars. So now let's go ahead and look at the nutrition of these different foods. So when we get into sugar, sugar is typically a refined form of sucrose. Okay, so typically we're just having the white sugar, right? And it's literally just fructose and glucose. Two things, that's it. Nothing else, no calcium, no fiber, no vitamins, no minerals, nothing. It is a completely empty calorie. That is how it is labeled. If you go look online right now, it will show you that sugar is an empty calorie. It is providing nothing but these simple carbohydrates, these simple sugars um, for energy essentially, which we don't need that much. Okay, so sugar, an empty calorie, literally providing like zero nutritional value to you personally. So already right there, um, that to me is like a big, you know, um, red flag in terms of like being undernourished, but taking in way more calories than we would have in the past. Uh, and then if we look into the flour and grains group, according to the Pew Research Center, once again, this group is primarily wheat. So although corn has been on the rise, uh, it is still primarily wheat as the uh, main consumption, the main form of calorie intake. So looking at wheat, we can see it's at least a little better than sugar, um, actually kind of a lot better than sugar because sugar an empty calorie, but uh, in 125 grams of wheat, we have a small amount of sodium, uh, 134 milligrams of potassium, uh, 95 grams of carbs, 3.4 grams of fiber, 13 grams of protein, some iron, uh, some vitamin B6, magnesium, and a few other vitamins and minerals. So this is going to vary depending on the type of wheat that you're consuming, but nonetheless, a little bit better than sugar, still could be a lot better though. Then we move on to fats and oils, and this is where I have a huge issue. <laughs> if you haven't already listened to this podcast, um, then you wouldn't know that, but uh, if you are a long-term listener to this show, then you know that I have a real issue with the fats and oils that we are consuming, which by far the largest consumption of oil and fats comes from vegetable oils like canola oil, soybean oil, and corn oil. Yes, vegetable oil fits in those categories. If you go look on the back, you will see it is probably corn oil or soybean oil, oil or something of that nature. Um, by the way, rapeseed oil fits in there as well. So these oils are terrible for you <laughs> and they essentially contain nothing but fat and it's not healthy fat either. It's the fat that is oxidized and rancid. Uh, and these are the oils that are wreaking havoc in your body and causing inflammation because these are polyunsaturated fats. These are fats that are not meant to be heated up. They are meant to be in a dark glass bottle, not a clear plastic bottle because the sunlight can actually cause them to oxidize, become rancid, heating them up makes them rancid. Um, they are a fatty acid. So they are literally able to break down parts of the, uh, plastic that they're placed in, which is really bad, obviously. Um, so yeah, these oils are hundred percent really, really terrible. And if you are still using them, then please switch them out for a healthier fat, like avocado oil or an animal fat. Um, you can even use like ghee or butter would be so much better. Finding a high temperature oil is going to really, really be beneficial here. I personally use a lot of avocado oil and other animal fat oils. 
Now, these fats do have some micronutrients to them, but there's nothing really major. Um, I could mention a few of them, but there's essentially not a whole lot going on. So that's really, really bad. Plus the fact that they have to undergo such a massive process to even make their way into the kitchen. Um, the process that they go under is something that if you were to go back a hundred, you know, a couple hundred years ago, we couldn't have been able to make these because they require so much work to really be processed and made. They even have to go under a deodorizing process because they smell so bad. Um, it's just really, really bad. And as we know, the less processing that you do to a food, the much better off that food is going to be for you. So uh, skip the vegetable oils, please. Um, and yes, so they don't really contain any, um, you know, they don't really contain any micronutrients to them. Um, yes, they are a fat, so I guess there is that benefit to it, but still, you know, you go from sugar to the flour, which honestly the flour is kind of the breadwinner, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, um, in, in terms of these three food groups, and then you have the fat and oils, and those three are largely making up the American diet and what are causing us to be so basically overfed and undernourished and just sick. <laughs> okay, um, if we were to kind of compare these now to more of like whole foods and foods that are much, much better for you, then we can kind of really compare the, um, you know, the, the level of nutrients that we're receiving from the same amount of food from, you know, like, let's say like meat or vegetables or fruits or nuts or any of those kind of whole foods. So, um, jumping in to compare beef, for example, and this is just normal beef. This is not grass fed beef or, um, any kind of special type of beef. It is just beef alone, just beef, like muscle meat. And so if we take 85 grams of beef, we have 13 grams of fat. That's going to be saturated fat, which was thought to be a bad thing. Although now we are finding out that saturated fat is actually a much healthier fat. It is much more stable at higher heats, which is why it makes it a better cooking oil as compared to the polyunsaturated fats like vegetable oils. Um, it also has 77 milligrams of cholesterol, which also, once again, cholesterol has been painted in a pretty bad light where it turns out cholesterol itself is not the culprit. It's not really the bad thing. I mean, your brain is made up mainly of cholesterol or largely of cholesterol. It is actually the carrier of the cholesterol that is bad. So when we look at things like LDL or VLDL, so what does that LDL stand for? Well, it stands for low density lipoprotein. Protein. That is the carrier of the cholesterol, and that is more so what is bad. So anyways, cholesterol, really not as bad as we thought it was, and you get 77 gram, uh, milligrams of it here in just 85 grams of beef. You get 61 milligrams of sodium, 270 milligrams of potassium, 22 grams of protein, which by the way, that is a complete protein, meaning that it has all the essential uh, fatty acids in it, which are very important to have because those are literally essential for a reason because your body cannot produce them. So we have to receive them through the food that we eat. Um, you also get some iron, vitamin B6, magnesium, calcium, vitamin D, and more. So already just beef alone outbeats all three of the other uh, main foods, the, the sugar, the flour, and the fats and oils. Okay. 
Now moving in to a more common veggie. So for myself personally, I really like eating Brussels sprouts. Um, they're a common food for me. I probably eat them at least once a week, if not more. And if we look at 88 grams of Brussels sprouts, we have 22 milligrams of sodium, 342 milligrams of potassium, eight grams of carbs, 3.3 grams of fiber, 1.9 grams of sugar, which is obviously naturally occurring, three grams of protein, a ton of vitamin C, some iron, vitamin B6, magnesium, calcium, and more. <laughs> Once again, just in those two foods, we are already seeing so much more nutrient density in these two foods. And uh, obviously they are not making up enough of our diet. Now, if we go into something uh, more of a fat, then we can see in grass-fed butter, just one tablespoon, you'll have 12 grams of fat, vitamin K, A, and E, potassium, phosphorus, calcium, conjugated linoleic acid, and butyrate, which is really good for your gut. So these are three easy comparisons and it's really you know so easy to see the difference you know um in terms of sugar it provides nothing for you wheat like i said was probably the best one but still doesn't compare to these three um looking at the fats and oils they're doing way more harm to your body than any of these three foods are going to do so it's really obvious that we need to start putting more a more variety of meat veggies fruits nuts and healthier fats in our diet but like I said, I can go on and on about the different types of foods and how good they are for you. You know, these meat, meats, fruits, veggies, uh, nuts. Um, but you pretty much get that point. These foods are way more nutrient dense than any sugar, you know, any wheat and any kind of um, uh, vegetable oil. Now, as we go back in time, we see that not only did the calorie consumption lower, but the use of sugar, vegetable oils and wheat all went down now i think out of all of these three the only one that you can really say has been used for a long time is is going to be wheat because obviously people have been making bread for quite a long time but i think a really important uh point to make here is that while the bread we eat now if you were to take that and compare it to the bread that we ate like a thousand years ago you know the bread is going to be so so different so for example you're not going to have um you know well first off it would be a probably a different type of wheat um because the kinds that we have have been genetically modified and you know different species and varieties of it um there was zero pesticide usage back in that time because pesticides herbicides fungicides all those were not created yet um, you know, the bread typically only contained like two to four ingredients, uh, you know, water, flour, yeast, and salt. If you ever have made sourdough, then you know that you pretty much only need two to three ingredients. And that is literally just water and flour. When you mix those two together and you allow it to grab natural yeast out of the air so that it starts to rise, that's your starter for making the dough. That's just two ingredients plus natural yeast from the air. And then maybe a little bit of salt when you go to bake it. That's four ingredients. I bet you if you go grab a bag of uh, bread right now and read the ingredient list, unless you're shopping at a really um, good, you know, bakery or something like that, then you're going to see probably a list of like 10 to 15 ingredients. Why? Why do we have all these other ingredients in there? They're absolutely unnecessary. So the, the bread, while we were consuming it back in the day, was much different than the bread that we're eating today. So... 
then here's my takeaway for you in this episode. Stop worrying about the calories, okay? I know that I did a whole show right now on how we were overfed and undernourished, but really, at the end of the day, if you just focus on eating whole foods that are not under one of those three categories of wheat, and, I'll even in, include corn in there, like wheat and corn, um, fats and oils, and sugar, then you are going to be doing so, so much better. You are going to be way more nourished, and you're going to have way less calorie intake than the average person. Like I said, in just 40 years, we found that we have increased our calorie intake by like 500 calories per day. That's way more calories and we're doing way worse. Obviously, we are literally the sickest nation in recorded history. <laughs> okay, and that is coming from Sean Stevenson. I did not um, come up with that, but I just love it so much and it's so true. We are truly the sickest nation in recorded history. It's not something to be proud of, obviously, um, and it's something that we need to work on. And I think by focusing on the whole foods and really, you know, getting foods that are nutrient dense, that is how we are going to move the scale from being overfed to just properly fed and also properly nourished. So I think that's pretty much <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, you know, I think if you compare this to, you know, people back in the day as well, if you go back 100, 300, 700 years ago, you really see what I'm saying here. They were really just focusing on eating whole foods. And it's not even that they were focusing on it. It's just what they had. It was more common to just eat these whole foods because they didn't have processed foods. They didn't have fast food. You know, they, a lot of times people had gardens or they had to go out and hunt for the food. Um, oh, and by the way, I didn't not mention um, the fact that liver and kidneys and all the other organ meats are also super, super high in nutrients. They're actually way higher than the muscle meats. So if you are um, a person who enjoys eating meat or um, it fits your diet or your uh, dietary preferences, then absolutely be including some of these uh, really, really nutrient dense organ meats into your diet. I did an episode on uh, liver and just how amazing it is. And I consider it a superfood personally and if you go and listen to that episode you can hear just how many vitamins and minerals are in liver in small small portions of liver too you don't have to eat a lot of it to receive so much benefit so if you do eat meat make sure you're trying to include some organ meats in there and for anyone who eats um well i mean you can be vegetarian vegan uh carnivorous whatever um include some of these plants as well that are really, really beneficial and nutrient dense, such as algae and cacao. Um, you know, there's a whole list of superfoods that are, um, you know, vegan and vegetarian approved. Um, my favorite personally is going to be the algae. Um, if you haven't already listened to the episode with Katherine Arnston, I believe it was episode 67, um, then go ahead and check that out. You first off, she's going to blow your mind because the amount of knowledge she has on spirulina and chlorella is insane but uh overall compare you know um in terms of this episode 
spirulina and algae are so nutrient dense. They're literally one of the most nutrient dense foods in the world. It's not a supplement. It is a whole food. Okay. These algae are, you know, they have 40 vitamins and minerals. Uh, spirulina has all nine essential, fa uh, uh, essential fatty acids. Chlorella is able to cleanse the blood. Uh, spirulina is great for the brain. I like, they're just incredible. The stuff that they do is so, so good. They, you know, energize and, uh, take care of your my mitochondria. They do so much. So literally, uh, I have this right here sitting because I, I take this every single day. It's, uh, it's through energy bits. So from Catherine's company and this one here is the vitality. So this has both the spirulina and chlorella in it, but I literally take this every day because it has allowed me to reduce my supplement intake. So I, I already reduced my supplement supplement intake to about seven supplements about, you know, I did this years ago. Um, I was just tired of taking so many supplements and I focus more on whole foods, but even with just taking this, I have reduced it even more down to like three or four supplements a day. Um, and that's including the, uh, spirulina and chlorella. So this stuff is incredible. If you would like to get your hands on some of it and go from being, you know, undernourished to properly nourished with literally taking just a few tablets a day, then go ahead and check out the website. I'll make sure to have it in the show notes. And for being a listener, Catherine was nice enough to provide everyone with a 20% discount code. That's elemental E L E M E N T A L. Uh, so apply that at checkout and you get 20% off your entire order just for being a listener to the show. Um, um, it's an incredible product. And honestly, like I said, I've been taking this every single day uh, for about a month now, and I'm really, really enjoying it uh, and, and noticing the benefits as well. So yeah, it's really about focusing on these nutrient dense foods like algae, like cacao, like um, liver and kidney and heart and, um, you know, eating vegetables and fruits and nuts and just really focusing on the nutrient density and not worrying about the calories because like I said, the calories will take care of themselves. You don't have to worry about counting your calories if you're just eating the right types of food. So <laughs> let's all work together to become a healthier nation and uh, become more nourished. So that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you all really enjoyed this and found some benefit. Um, I hope I wasn't too all over the place with this. Uh, there was a lot of information and research here. Um, I will go ahead and link the Pew Research um, webpage that I was utilizing so you can go ahead and reference that. And yeah, just, you know, if there's any takeaway from this episode, it's to really cut out the sugar as much as possible, cut out the um, terrible vegetable and seed oils and uh, lower your intake of wheat and corn and definitely start eating more, um, you know, nutrient dense foods like, you know, if you eat meats then you know, high quality meats and uh, organ meats and, um, you know, increasing your vegetable intake, your fruit intake, um, some nuts as well would be really good. And then also focusing on some superfoods like spirulina and uh, chlorella and cacao. Uh, just to name a few. And yeah, I would say that's definitely going to make a huge change in your life. Um, that's really my goal. As I've already stated previously, I just want to give you all the uh, tools to really make these 
healthy and you know health and wellness changes in your guys's lives so uh, focusing on food is a big one you know that's connecting to the element of earth and water um, because those two really make our foods up and uh, so really connecting to those elements and becoming nourished is so so important and I hope this helps you all move forward on your health and wellness journey become the best version of yourself possible that's what I would love to see from all of you um, if you have all really enjoyed the show and found some uh, great knowledge here and some beneficial tools that you can apply to your life then please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast it means so much to me I read all the reviews um, and dropping the five-star review really helps to boost this show and get it seen by other people so we can help spread this message and these um, health and wellness tips and tricks so thank you all very much I appreciate your listenership so so much um, I have a really great episode coming up next week as well I'm really excited for it and I think you will all find it very very interesting so please stay tuned and uh, until then just remember to connect to your elements and do everything with good intentions I appreciate all of you so much have a beautiful rest of your week and uh, just go out there and live your best life and share some love and happiness with everybody thanks everyone have a great one peace this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.